What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of New Orleans.Basketball, a New Orleans.Network podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rafael Rattler, joined by my fellow middle brother, Gary G. Money Rattler. What's poppin' with you today, bro? We gotta stop meeting like this, bro. We gotta stop. <laughs> we gotta stop meeting like this. I'm tired. I'm tired of, of, the, of talking about the injury bug. I mean, the season hasn't started yet. Has not. We didn't even we didn't even make it to media day this time. I just we got to stop meeting like that, man. But uh, I, I'm fine. I'm doing fine. NFL's back. You know, what I'm it saying is. regular season football is back. So I, you know, I'm not gonna complain too much about it. But I, I just we got to stop meeting like this, bro. We just we just gotta. How, how's everything on your side? I hate man. I hate man. It's blessed. Shout out Dan Campbell. You know. Shout yeah. Out. Yeah. It was like the first time the. Super Bowl champs that lost like this at home. Patty Mahomes like undefeated on his week ones. Shout out to Dan Campbell and them boys, man. But mm-hmm. before we get into it, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, on IG, on TikTok, on X, on Threads. That's at no basketball no e. Like the episode below and subscribe to the channel. Trey Murphy. Trey ah. Murphy today had. Successful surgery on his partially torn meniscus and is out 10 to 12 weeks, which is roughly about like 18 or 23 games. Now, something tells me that 10 to 12 weeks will probably be 12. And something tells me that's not even like when he'll be Trey Murphy. Like it will probably take him a while to get into rhythm and things like that. So first and foremost, before we dive into the impact of this injury, it sucks for a guy like Trey Murphy, man. Like the whole world again. We was just joking about this on the last pod. How Larry Nance is like, "Yo, Trey Murphy needs more haters in the world because everybody could see the extension and the rise in a player like Trey Murphy from Pelicans fans to people around the league to people who consume basketball like that from a professional standpoint." And so to see all the things that he was doing to put in the work to make sure his third year was the leap um, that he wanted it to be, that's got to be frustrating for him, first first of all, uh, because you stop your progress right before you get to show it. And then it's got to be frustrating for the team and everybody associated with it. So first of all, our prayers to him, hope that he gets uh, up and running quickly uh, and sooner rather than later because the Pelicans need him. But from a Pelicans standpoint, you know, in your perspective, from your words, like how big of a blow is this to the Pelicans start of the season from the offensive standpoint, from a team chemistry standpoint and things like that? It's a major, it's a major blow. It's no way to kind of like, you know, kind of sugarcoat it. I mean, Trey Murphy was going to be an integral part uh, of the start of this season, right? Mm-hmm. What made the Pelicans so tantalizing on paper um, is the fact that you had a guy like Trey Murphy with that ability to shoot at that height, with that athleticism, paired with CJ and Brandon Ingram and Zion and JV and all of these different guys who demand double teams and demand attention, um, but you just could not, you can't leave Trey Murphy open. 
Um, I call him the walking conundrum, and he that's what he is. And when you take that away from the Pelicans, listen, the the uh, you know, if Zion and Brandon Ingram and CJ and JV are there, obviously you should have a formidable offense, a very potent offense. Um, but without him there, does three-point marksmanship really falls on the rookie, you know, Jordan Hawkins now? Like, obviously you want CJ to, to shoot and Brandon Ingram to shoot and maybe even Zion and JV has shown. But when you talk about shooters, right, Larry Nance talked about it. There was one on the team last season. His name was Trey Murphy. Um, and and now he's not there to start the season. So to, to start the season off, we're talking chemistry, uh, things that won't be able they won't be able to gain on the court. We're talking just the the impact of Trey Murphy that will be missed. Now, the Pelicans should be able to weather, you know, weather the storm, right? You know, Trey Murphy is obviously a really great player. But again, if you have your one option, your two option and your three option and your fourth option uh, available, depending on where you fall, Trey Murphy into that that slot, you should be able to to maintain and and, and stay afloat. Um, But but seeing the, the ultimate the ultimate formation of this team and the summation of this team uh, requires Trey Murphy playing heavy extended minutes. Um, And it's just yet another chink in the, can this team get together on the floor, you know, whole Um, it's just another chapter in the story of no, they won't be to start the season. So it sucks. Um, The Pelicans will, should be able to, to maneuver through it. Um, But you really wanted to see this team come out of the, the gates blazing um, and you know, they, they very may well, but Trey Murphy is such a, an, an integral part of that, that process that they will fill his absence. Right. Uh, he made 22% of the threes made for the Pelicans list in one play. That's not great to not have that there. You know, um, that's not tough. Ideal. That's tough, right? Like there's a couple things going in their favor, right? You start, we talked about it before 10 of their first 15 games are at home. So, you're going to have the crowd behind you. Some of the role players who you talked about, like a Jordan Hawkins, are going to be able to play a little bit better at home. Um, and maybe that helps them get a, get by, right, uh, for a couple of those roles. So everyone, again, everyone's not going to shoot 80% from three like Trey can on any given night from seven shots and things like that. But maybe, you know, you get a, one of those defenders or Jordan Hawkins, somebody has a night every single night, kind of like the beginning of last year was where – we were kind of figuring out who was the six man, and every night it was either Jose or some nights it was Najee. Like, you're going to need some of that, I think, uh, from the bench roll. I think this gives the BI, the CJ, the Zion trio an opportunity to really figure out how to work off one another because Trey's fit is just so seamless with any of them because he doesn't need the ball. I think in this scenario, Willie Green is going to have to figure out a way, hey, we've got a we always talk about this, like one of those three should always be on the court. And so how do you make sure that you are getting the most out of each one of them by giving them their ch- chance to run the show, but also making sure that they're playing off one another. And so maybe, you know, with Trey not being there and that being such an absolute, you're going to have to get more minutes from your, your superstar from that standpoint. Um, you, you talked about it. And I, you know, I want to run right into that. So, Jordan Hawkins is obviously the the immediate person that people say, well, you take out a three-point shooter, you add one to it. Hmm. You and I, we've been talking about it from, you know, all summer standpoint. Historically, if you can't defend, Willie Green is not throwing you out there like that. 
uh, if you're a rookie. Like, it's – you saw it with Trey. Like, Trey didn't start the season like that. And it took the Pelicans losing, like, 12 games in a row for Willie Green to give Trey an opportunity to play because he had to. And so I guess my question to you is, like, let's say Willie – I don't think he's going to completely change his style, right? I think if Jordan struggles – defensively, even if he's the one who can space the floor the best, I still think that Willie's going to trust guys like Najee Marshall and guys that like Larry Nix and guys that he knows what he's getting, even if the three ball's not there, especially if you still have Zion and CJ and B.I. to cover for you on the offensive end. And so, you know, if it's not Jordan Hawkins, right, like let's say like he's going through his rookie lumps and, you know, it's struggle for him to kind of defend. Who else do you kind of see as that next man up to take a good trace walk away from at least 28 minutes, like a good chunk of minutes? Who do you think that next guy for the Pelicans will be? Well, two things. Uh, first, first thing to, to your first point, I tweeted about it out earlier. Um, I'm going to be very interested to see how Willie Green approaches this because I, I think it might be a situation where you may have to play uh you know play jordan hawkins and let him go through those uh rookie lumps because of the 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 one thing that he's a professional at is shooting the ball and i think that you know if if it comes down to situation because we we saw you know as as talented as zion and brandon ingram and cj as talented as that triumvirate is we we saw some like it, it wasn't a perfect fit as they were working through some of the things. And I think that what helps that uh, is relieving some of the, you know, everybody packing the paint, everybody, you know, running two people at Zion and then running two people at Brandon Ingram. Um, I think what helps that is having a guy that is a knockdown shooter. And um, I, you know, I was tweeting a guy earlier and I, I said that, you know, if you, the defensive side of the ball is going to be an issue for Jordan Hawkins, uh, you know, uh, until he grows into his body, until he understands the game. Um, but at the same time, you know, getting a guy out there and asking him to, you know, uh, a guy who is a 38% shooter to shoot what would you think would be either lightly contested or at or probably open threes um, is not a big ass. Right. And again, Jordan Hawkins is an older rookie. Right. This isn't a 19 year older. This isn't an 18 year old kid. You know, this is a guy who was on a championship team with a very proud uh, uh, college and university in UConn. And, you know, this isn't some this is a basketball program that that churns out NBA players. And so, you know, all that to say, I think this is a guy who who can who can step up and make a couple of threes. Now, will Willie Green play him? That's a different story. But mm-hmm. I, I think that he might not have a, 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 a you know, a, a much of a choice with. Mm-hmm. Trey Murphy taking all of his threes away. Like we're talking about majority of the three point shooting came from Trey Murphy and he's not there. You have to be able to get those threes from somewhere. That's the only way to survive, you know, in this, in this NBA, you know, especially if Zion and Brandon Ingram and CJ, God forbid something happens to them. Um, So, you know, I, I will see, but I think the guy, you know, outside of Jordan Hawkins, the guy that I think, you know, can step up and take some of those minutes in a very different way is Dyson Daniels, right? I think Dyson Daniels, show you know last season some you know some defensive chops and he showed some offensive you know some offensive growth right it wasn't the three-point shot it's not going to be the three-point shot nobody on the pelicans team is going to replace Dre murphy's <laughs> three-point shot including jordan hawkins none of those guys are going to do that but i think if dyson daniels can come in 
and be a connector, right? Be a guy that may not be the outlet, but being a guy that, that's making smart cuts, that's making smart passes, that that's keeping the team together, keeping the, the ball moving. Um, and that way, Brandon Ingram gets more shots. Zion gets more shots. CJ gets more shots. And he can kind of keep that offensive line going because it's not going to be, a, a, you know, for the three-point shot. The Pelicans are not a three-point shooting team. And because none of their best players are, including JV as well. So, you know, you're going to have to find ways to be, get creative, get the ball moving, get guys involved. Um, and I think somebody like a connector like Dyson Daniels can come in um, and have that opportunity to do that. I think the points are going to come, like you said, from from more shots for the stars. Um, and I don't know if so much is like is who's going to step in and take the point per game average from Trey Murphy, and then they get that point per game. I think there's going to have to do with more minutes from Brandon Ingram, Zion, and CJ. And if it means more minutes from those guys, I think you want to have a guy that can move the ball and connect uh, with Dyson Daniels. Right. I think that not just, you know, the alphabet boys, but also Herb. Like, I think that there's some growth in Herb's game offensively that playing with off superstars is probably going to benefit from. Uh, I like the Dyson Daniels uh, answer because, one, he can already defend. And so you know that he's going to get the first crack at it. I think Najee Marshall was going to be in the rotation to start the year regardless. Yeah, so right, I'm not right. sure that this necessarily impacts Najee too much. Um, the guy that I'm looking at, to be honest with you, is EJ Liddell. Like, we think of EJ mm-hmm. Liddell as being like a five or four. EJ Liddell is shorter than Trey Murphy. Like, he is <laughs> Like, he is not your traditional five. Very similar to, to Larry Nance. Um, and, and again, this is a guy who excels on the defensive end of the floor. Now, again, he is, you know, he played through summer league and, you know, still getting back to that hundred percent coming off of that injury and things like that. But again, Trey's not, wasn't playing the one and he's not playing the two you, and you're playing against with shorter guards and CJ and Jose and things like that. And so you need someone to be able to guard fours and to be able to guard wings. And in that scenario, I think that if EJ can both space the floor, not saying to the level of Trey Murphy, but shoot at a better clip than most of the other bench players, and he's giving you something on the defensive end, I think that's an opportunity for him. Like you talk about Jordan Hawk is not being, you know, the typical rookie and that he's had a couple years under his belt. Well, EJ Liddell is definitely not the typical rookie, right? He has a lot of years under his belt. And a year sitting with the program, learning around the guys, which, again, you ask guys like Chet Homer around the league, you got to leg up all the other rookies because you know what it takes. You know what it looks like and things like that. So I think, like, from that aspect, I think there's an opportunity for EJ to see some time, especially since this coaching staff has been looking at EJ for two years while he was in college. So he's going to get every opportunity, I think, uh, to kind of carve out a role. That being said, before we get out of here, there's a lot of options, I think, that, to step up. I, again, a lot of the scoring, you never worry about scoring if Zion and Brandon Ingram are on the court. Even if you got Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe out there <laughs> with them, if you got this type of roster, something tells me they're going to figure it out. But does this change your win estimate for the Pelicans? Like if he's out the first quarter of the season, 20, let's call it 20 games, 25 games. Do you think the Pelicans win significantly less games? Where's your head on it? I don't think it's significantly less. Because uh, once again, you know, as, as long as Zion and Brandon Ingram and CJ, like, again, Trey Murphy is a huge part of this mm-hmm. of this team. Um, and it is a gigantic loss. The games are going to be a lot more difficult without Trey Murphy in, in the game. 
Um, however, you know, if Zion, Brandon Ingram, and CJ um, are there, and, and JV as well, um, I, I think that offensive, you know, that offensive firepower uh, can get them through a couple of games. I do think that they lose maybe two or three more games than they would have lost uh, had, you know, Trey Murphy been in this starting 25, right? Um, so, you know, if they were, you know, in 25 games, if I, if I would have had them going like, I don't know, something like 15 and 10 or something like that, um, then maybe they go, you know, 12 and 13 or 12 and 12 or whatever. Um, as long as they can keep it, you know, as long as they can keep it together, um, I think that they'll be, they should be fine. Uh, like you said, a lot of the home games. Um, I mean, a lot of the beginning of the, of the season, the games are at home, uh, which is going to be a gigantic boost for the, for the Pelicans. Um, but I do think that they're going to, they might drop two or three games that they, they probably could have won. Um, had you had Trey Murphy catching a high game or something like that. Uh, but I don't, I, it doesn't drastically change. I still think this team, uh, is one of the deepest teams in the league. And I think that their starting five is one of the better starting fives in the Western Conference. Um, so I do think that, you know, regardless of Trey Murphy uh, not being there for the first, you know, quarter of the season, I think towards the end, you know, the Pelicans will still be, you know, God, you know, God willing health is there. Mm. Uh, the Pelicans will still be in that mix towards the end of the season. But at the beginning of the season, I could see them, you know, between the, the chemistry uh, of the big th- of the, the big three and, you know, and, and those guys just trying to learn on the fly and not having Trey there to be like the escape valve. They might drop two or three games that they would they wouldn't have usually, uh, but it doesn't. It's not a really big change for me. I agree, to be honest with you. Like as scary as that says, and like as high as we've talked about Trey Murphy, and everybody's talked about Trey Murphy. Like when the Pelicans, everybody talks about when the Pelicans were number one in the West. Trey Murphy wasn't playing like Trey Murphy yet. Like mm-hmm. that didn't happen till like the back half of the season. We're like, oh, this guy could potentially be a star, right? From that standpoint, and like I look at the fact that like. At the beginning of last season, if you're a Pelicans fan, the Pelicans were winning games, but you weren't like, oh, this is really pretty basketball. And they were just Mm. trying to figure it out. And so when you've got – I think the differentiator between the Pelicans and, like, most young teams is their depth because you have so many guys that can offer you different things and they're meant to to support the the main ingredients in Zion and CJ and BI. As long as you have the main ingredients – those other guys may not help you from the three-point line the way that Trey will, but they can help you in other ways. You know, m- turning defense into offense and being able to do different things in terms of attacking the paint and things like that. And so from my standpoint, I don't know if this necessarily changes their win-loss total or not. Of course, there's a game where Trey can go for 30, go for 40 out of nowhere because he's wide open the majority of the time. But I still think they have enough to figure it out on a night-to-night basis to figure out where the matchups are and, and where they lean in. And so, again, devastating injury for the Pelicans, devastating injury for Trey um, and things like that. You wish him the best, that he has a speedy recovery and he's back before the timeline that they put in front of him and things like that. But, again, let's hope we don't have another one of these between now <laughs> and media day that is just a couple of weeks away. What you got left for the people, Gary? As always, you never know what people are going through, so give someone a smile today. Oh yeah, this is this this sucks. It sucks, man, and it sucks that it happens to a guy like Trey Murphy, who all this offseason has been about mm-hmm. the work that Trey has been putting in, playing with the select team in Vegas with Herb, and 
you know, just seeing him kind of grow into his NBA career and, and the things that were ahead of him, which are still very much there, right? This is still probably one of the better case scenarios as far as recovery and, and timeline. Right. If you're going to have this injury, um, if it if it's the MCL and, and you're going to be back, you know, within the, the, you know, before the new year or right after the new year, um, then, you know, that's probably best, you know, that's better than missing the whole season. And we've right. seen players – not play the whole season uh, mm. after getting hurt in the offseason. So, mm. uh, as always, follow myself at Garrick underscore Rattler on Twitter. Follow my brother at Raphael underscore Rattler. Uh, follow the page at No Basketball No E on Twitter and Instagram uh, and wherever else you find your social media. Uh, most importantly, subscribe to New Orleans Basketball. We'll see you guys next time.